Hey, Pierce, how's it going? It's pretty okay. I definitely don't believe you, but it is still time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. So, you know, I guess let's do it. Let's start the show. Put a candle in the window. But I feel I've got to move. Oh, I'm gone. Gone. I'll be coming home soon. So yeah, uh, on, on last week's episode, we, we closed, and, and I I uh, I made a mistake that we all make from time to time, which is I got optimistic, uh, and I said that we would <laughs> record uh, we would record this week's pod uh, in advance, so that we didn't have to deal with uh, you know uh, the 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 stresses of, of some some major event uh, that we won't really talk about uh, that that ha- has happened over the last uh, you know day mm-hmm. and then that didn't happen and here we are now and I, I'm uh, I, I'm I'm recording this in a state where uh, the number of hours of sleep that I got last night is equal to the number of whiskeys that I drank um, hmm. which is really not it's not good there's no possible good outcome there because it's either i drank eight whiskeys or i got three hours of sleep it's that one um so uh let's 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 ignore the the gigantic dumpster fire that's going on all around us and, and and have a little fun let's let's talk about something light I will say, Sean, you know, in the last day, it has been stressful, but it has developed. And I know it's been especially stressful for you, given given what you're doing with journalism and everything. But it looks like the NBA and the Players Union are going to come to an agreement for a 72-game season. So the national nightmare is over, which is, I, which well, is good. I, I was talking about how it looks increasingly likely that some NBA team is going to grossly overpay for Drew Holiday. Uh so, so we've we've turned a corner there, um, and I'm feeling feeling huh. good about feeling good about that. Uh, but yeah. yeah, you know, let's 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 keep it light and breezy with, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, and 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 I would say just just from the dr- jump, um, you know, Max, I'm really hoping that this episode will put us on the map. Um, I, I think I think that's my big hope here because we're we're actually discussing. Um, you know, you know this. This week we're discussing one of your specialities, um, which which is of course The Simpsons, um, and and we had you and Kevin uh, each pick an episode of of very important in I'd say different ways um, animated television programs from from our youth slash adulthood, um, and I'm going to ask each of you the same question. I'm going to start with you, Max. So you picked a Simpsons episode. Tell us which episode you picked, and and just briefly why you picked that one. Uh, yeah, so I picked uh, Marge versus the Monorail. That is season four, episode twelve. 
Uh, it originally aired in January of 1993. And The Simpsons has a ton of seasons. I, I don't actually know how many seasons they have. Probably like 35 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's an old episode. Um, I will admit I haven't watched a lot of Simpsons recently. I probably haven't seen a lot after about season 16 to 18. Mm-hmm. That's still a lot of Simpsons in <laughs> <Yeah>. my memory. <laughs> yeah. So it limited right there. I was limited by which where I could pick one. Um, and it was kind of a hard decision, but I, I will say that if you just Google like best Simpsons episodes of all time, this one's usually near the top. And for good reason, I think it has, you know, it has a lot of parts in it that you just like fondly remember. It has a singing number that's, you know, catchy and easy to remember. And it's, you know, as with, as with most um, Simpsons episodes, you know, it's, it's amusing, but kind of takes you on a little bit of an emotional journey. Um, it doesn't rely on a ton of in-depth character development that other episodes might. And it also doesn't rely on like recent pop culture events yeah. um, as much. Although it is, we could get into it, but I, I believe it is based on um, some musical perhaps. I can, I, I'll double check that. Um, but yeah, I just, I just picked it cause it's, I mean, it's a good episode. I'd love to hear what you guys thought of it, but it's it's usually near the near the top for people thinking one of the best and i think you know it it offers it it shows you a lot of what the simpsons is yeah and and i think you mentioned that it shows you a lot of what the simpsons is kevin uh you selected a family guy episode and i Mm -hmm. think that this is a very representative example of a family guy and i know this one aired in in 1999 which what was it? The Family Guy, you know, tell us what the episode was. Um, but I think Family Guy, this was the second season, and then it went off the air for a while after this season. Yeah, so it Family Guy did three seasons before um, going off air, and season one was like eight episodes, so effectively two seasons. But um, yeah, so I was a huge fan of, or I loved the first three seasons of Family Guy and like had the DVDs and kind of just put them on repeat uh, in the background a lot. Um, so I'm not very aware of new Family Guy. I watched the the first Family Guy season of it coming back on the air. Um, and we can get more into it, but it seemed like they kind of just doubled down on the things that I think the show is, the thing, things about the show that suck. Um, so I kind of stopped watching after the first rebooted season. Um, so I wanted to pick an episode from the first couple of seasons i read a couple of uh summaries and then looked at um lists of best family guy episodes and kind of just found the first intersection which was mm-hmm. um the boom which is um also fitting in an age of conspiracy theories coming true <laughs> and the, the end of the world and you know so it seemed like a, a good episode um and yeah i think it, it, it's pretty representative of of your average family guy or your quintessential Family Guy episode from the first three seasons. Yeah, yeah, and and <clears throat> so so Sean, you know, you and I were not part of this this selection process, and and the, the thing I would ask you first before we get into I think some of the content of these, but like when you think about you know how you're introduced to Simpsons versus how you just introduced to Family Guy. Family Guy was at least somewhat concurrent to us being, I would say, I, I think the clinical term is becoming 
tween and teenage shitheads and Family Guy was right <laughs> in that wheelhouse. Whereas, you know, to Max's point, I think Simpsons was like it was fully developed already and maybe coming down, whereas Family Guy was was much more blue comparatively. Yeah. Uh, well, so I, I think I think before we should before we discuss my credentials as a Simpsons and or Family Guy watcher, I, I think Max, you maybe had something you wanted to interject about the Family Guy episode. I was just going to suggest, as Kevin mentions about Y two K, it originally aired in uh, late December of nineteen ninety nine. Yes, um, kind of implied, but I wanted to also call that out. So this episode is about seven years newer than the Simpsons episode we watched. Got it. Um, okay, so now now that we've done that, uh, my qualifications are. Uh, that uh, when, when we were talking about doing this topic and, and, and coming up with uh, shows to pick from, we, we started with The Simpsons, and then we kicked around a couple of other uh, options as a second sort of contrast show. And I believe my general take was, I, we can kind of pick whatever. I don't, I, I, I don't have much of a say because I don't watch... I haven't really significantly watched any of this. Uh, very much, I am very much someone who missed out on The Simpsons and South Park and certainly the pre-cancellation run of Family Guy. Uh, you know, on, on account, uh, at least in part, of, you know, fairly protective parents uh, who who were kind of uh d- didn't really didn't really play that when it came to uh what they what they, one of their kids watching on TV uh, you know in in part because I think I'm the oldest uh I'm the oldest child and and have a, a sister who was 1 year old in 1999 <laughs> so I, I can't imagine they were super jazzed about having a 7 year old a 5 year old and a 1 year old watching the Y2K episode of Family Guy uh so I I think maybe I've seen Daboom before the Family Guy episode uh like on you know on a kind of idle background Netflix binge or something like that. Uh but this was definitely the first time that I had seen uh Marge versus the Monorail and I I will admit uh because of that I I think that even though it's not it, I'll take your word for it Max that it's not an episode that requires a lot of like character knowledge uh, and kind of previous investment necessarily uh but despite that I still felt a little bit lost I mean you know it, even having not watched the Simpsons like I'm I'm familiar with the the core family and and some of the more prominent peripheral characters but i definitely felt like you know what what am what am i watching and and i think i was a little in my head about that and so i actually watched uh the first half of it again right before we started this uh mm-hmm. just to to see if my experience changed uh, mm. because pierce you watched it and texted us that you had laughed out loud multiple times. Is that is yeah. that correct? 
So, so the thing about the Simpsons, and, and I can get this, get to this from the start, and, and I would say that, of course, as we've discussed here, I, I do not uh, interact with comedy very, very sparingly, <laughs> and anything to your point, John, anything vaguely "quote unquote" inappropriate, I, I was, I was not allowed to watch. Um, so I've had to discover these things later on. Uh, Simpsons is a tremendous blind spot. Family Guy, for whatever reason, was on, kind of syndicated, so I did see. But but the thing about The, the Simpsons is, and, and I wrote down a number of quotations from it, um, because there's just stuff in there that it's not, it's not really a punchline, and it's very... Um, and it's not like it's particularly sophisticated, but but there there's a point where where someone says to Homer, it frightens me that you want to work on something so unsafe. And of course, you see every episode, and it's in the it's in the, um, the you know the intro. Plant. Yeah, well, they, yeah, he works at the nuclear power plant, and it's in the intro, and so that's very funny. And it's not it's not a punchline like Family mm-hmm. Guy. Everything is a punchline, and it's that. Um, what I would call, for lack of a better term, you know, this stupid humor that was very popular in, I'd say, 1999 through whenever we got tired of, of people making Ron Burgundy-level uh, jokes. Like, that that era of just, like, everything is a punchline, everything is said with a smirk, as opposed to, ultimately, Marge vs. the Monorail is is a very funny take on local politics and how people get excited for these things that can be cons. I mean, there's another thing in there where they, where they talk about the monorail and it continues to run, continues to run, continues to run um, because it's solar power. And, and there someone says solar power, when will people learn? And, and that just continues to be very, very funny as you know, whatever, 27 years on. And so I was laughing at, there's the absurdity as a surface level, and then not even like below it, like something sophisticated. But there are jokes for, oh, you know, Disney does a good job of this too. There are jokes for the younger people watching or the people that just want an easy thing, and there are pe- jokes for the people who are the adults in the room. And I really appreciated that. Yeah, Family Guy I had think- literally zero of those. <laughs> I think that's the big, yeah, I'm, I'm not a good barometer of needing background information, and I actually, I watched this one with um, with Bridget, and she was asking me some, some questions, so I think you're right that there's definitely some um, some background info that could be, could be helpful to get some of the jokes, but I think to Pierce's point, like The Simpsons, and I, I grew up with my parents allowing me to and watching The Simpsons with me, whereas they did not like Family Guy, and they did not like that I watched South Park, and I think that for that very same, for that reason Pierce just said, which I think, like, a lot of the Simpsons, like not only is it generally a little cleaner, I think, um, and a little more PG thirteen or PG slash PG thirteen than than the other two. Um, certainly South Park, which we're not talking about, but um, mm-hmm. but also because I I think it does have these kind of like these jokes that can be both surface level or deeper, depending on both your your knowledge of the background of the TV show as well as like whatever cultural references they're making, um, and things like that. And I I never necessarily got that from Family Guy. Yeah, Family Guy definitely aged poor um, as, as I <laughs> aged. Uh, and yeah. I think a big thing with Family Guy in terms of the getting different um, like age ranges, a lot of what is done, and again, I can't really speak for new Family Guy, but it's just throwing a million cultural references at you over and over again. And see, like, and if so each audience member, some of them is going to hit. Like the episode starts with... Um, a bit about like the news saying let's 
remember all the people we've lost over the past thousand years and it starts with da vinci and then like i don't know maybe it goes einstein and then it shows some guy named norman fell who is an old tv actor uh so and it, it, it's just over and over again um like tricks are for kids there's an et thing yeah. yeah it's just over and over again just throwing like i, I don't know seth mcfarland probably was like addicted to tv his whole life and it's probably <laughs> just him embodying that and, it, and it's all these like flashbacks and i guess i didn't remember that it's like oh remember this time blah blah, blah and it flashes back as opposed to okay I don't know that you're propelling a story when you do that. It's just it's an opportunity for you to to make a joke. Yeah. Oh, that's that's kind of an interesting point. I didn't I didn't really think about it in that in that term in like in those terms. But yeah, my my impression of Family Guy has always been the goal of this show is not even like joke density, but it's like bit density. It's like we're mm-hmm. gonna brain you with. 8 million things. It's total sensory overload. And and so the Simpsons in a lot of ways seems to be like a, a sitcom just animated and family guy is super duper. Not that Uh, Mm -hmm. it's more like it's a cartoon with some sitcom aspects to it. Uh, but I, I think because of that, um, I, you know, my my reaction, my reaction to The Simpsons when I do see it is usually not like, you know, real hearty laughs that come from somewhere deep in your chest. It's a lot of chuckles I'm like <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that thing. And and for some reason, it, I don't know if this is m- like my warped relationship with the show from not having ever watched it. But for for the way that it's revered and talked about as this iconic TV show, when I watch an episode of The Simpsons and I go, oh, I chuckled a fair amount, it almost, I, I like, my brain can't totally process, like, whether I'm supposed to be disappointed with that outcome. Like, did it not do enough for me? But we, we've also discussed on, on several occasions just in our conversations over the last several months that I clearly have a very bad case of brain worms. So maybe I'm not the yeah. best person to, <laughs> to, you know, to determine yeah, that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I kind of think that even if you chuckle a little bit, that's that's fine. It can still be it can still be funny. And I don't think you're losing anything. Whereas on the other end of the spectrum, Family Guy I don't know if it's that you're trying to make you uncomfortable or, or Seth MacFarlane thinks he's he's getting one over on you. But just some of the jokes in there, I know, Kevin, you talked about it, maybe not, not aging well, but it probably it probably wasn't really it's not really that funny to, to have um, you know, Peter say to Meg, Are you pregnant? and then push her down the stairs and that's a joke. Like that that's a punchline. It's like you know, it's not really funny and if and if you catch me laughing at that, it's like well, uh, why why did you go yeah. for that? And and, so, and there's a couple. Yeah, go ahead, Kevin. Well, so I, just to be clear, when I say don't age well, I mean not aging well with me. So oh yeah, um, say what yeah. you want about like high school me, but I thought that was hilarious when I was in the, when I was in junior high. Yeah, so, and, and my um, thing is is yeah. not about you laughing at it because it's intended for you to laugh. But I'm saying the creator who's like I'm going to use this as a punchline. That's pretty tired, and it was probably offensive 
for them to do the joke then. I just, you know, to, to the point, it's like you could propel us with, with some more thoughtful jokes and it would still, I mean, The Simpsons is still funny on a very surface level. And I know it's hard to replicate, mm-hmm. but I guess my problem is here is with the creator, like, doing the easy jokes that are also, it's like, ah, look at this joke that I made that's probably inappropriate. Laugh. Yeah. I I, I should I should also probably clarify, because I, I, I feel like I'm giving off a vibe that I, I felt a certain way about Marge versus the Monorail. And I liked it. I enjoyed it quite a bit, in fact. Uh, you know, there's, there's just like, there's a lot of stuff for me in it. You know, I, I enjoy the juxtaposition of uh, Lyle Landley, the, the, the man who brought the monorail to Springfield, you know, doing like a Q&A session at the school. And, you know, these these kids are all asking, you know, the kind of questions that kids ask. And Lisa Simpson, who I, I probably relate to uh, the most of, of anyone in the show and... Uh, uh, truly, the, all of the Harvard-educated writers of The Simpsons are most like, even though they all think they're Bart. Um, she asks, why, why, why is it a good idea to build a mass transit system <laughs> in a small town with a centralized population? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, oh, I enjoy something like that. Like, that... That scratches, even if it doesn't produce like a, a belly laugh, like that scratches an itch that that I very much enjoy. I mean, I I heard the, from the moment that Landley speaks up in the town hearing to figure out what to do with this money, because the premise is that uh, Mr. Burns uh, has been up to some some nefarious dealings with you know nuclear waste and has to pay. Uh, what is really a very tiny settlement to the town of Springfield, $3 million. Yeah. Um, So the town is coalescing around this plan to fix Main Street, you know, fill in potholes and that sort of thing. Uh, And then all of a sudden he speaks up from the back, and I went, oh, shit, that's Phil Hartman. (gasps) I miss Phil Hartman. Oh. I I didn't realize that because I'm not a Phil Hartman, uh, like, aficionado i mean there's uh, no there's no reason for me to be either Mm -hmm. um no i i think that's that's a really good point i mean you you hit on like some things that make the simpsons so great is they have these really awesome people who who work on it i mean leonard i don't know if it's actually leonard nimoy but leonard nimoy is is in the okay leonard nimoy is in the episode and it's it's very it's very funny because they make fun of leonard nimoy being Leonard Nimoy, which is which is excellent, and he he played along with that, and so to have Phil Hartman have these these really uh, smart uh, smart people is just is just cool. And I will say, Sean, to your to your point, uh, you know, Mr. Burns, this this corporate level, very rich billionaire guy, getting a slap on the wrist fine, but mm-hmm. so much money for anything else, hits way too close to home in the neoliberal world that continues on. Um, but I mean, that was still really funny because that is, that is such a real thing and it, and it has been, and it, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. Um, you know, yeah, another Kevin, thing, another thing yeah, that was, that continued on with that is that when Marge was disappointed, uh, that her idea didn't get passed and, and Homer was excited about the monorail. He's like, well, maybe you should have written a song like that guy. And then 
your thing with the gunboats too. So I thought that that was but, also like twistedly accurate. Yeah, and and that's the point. Is like it is still very good. Whereas it's it's actually probably one of the more I think um, notable things, famous, infamous things from Family Guy. But we spend minutes at the beginning, and Peter is literally fighting a chicken. That that's it. Just for like three minutes, he fights a chicken, and this is th- that's he, that's what we're talking about. Here is here is the one the one thing that I will say in in defense Some of chicken. the chicken segment is that yep. having come to the show later. Peter's fights with the chicken continue. Uh, yeah, I know. And and there's never any explanation of why. He just shows up and they they glare at each other and then they di- you know disappear into that cartoon cloud of dust with flying limbs. And you know, when you watch that when you're 12, that is hilarious on a level that like uh, it's it's funnier than Richard Pryor. It's just like seeing mm-hmm. Peter fight the chicken for no reason. And and so so there was there was a little a, a little sort of dopamine hit in my brain. I'm like oh, that's why he fights the chicken. It's all over an expired coupon. Yeah, so I personally thought that that still was still funny that this 3 minute uh, like act- was, 80s action movie segment occurred over a a bad coupon. I thought it was um, by far the funniest part of the episode. And I yeah, can't so, disagree with that either. I can't disagree with that. Yeah, so I think that some, I think that there are some things that they just go some of the things where they go really over the top still um like I don't necessarily laugh out loud like I did when I was a kid, but also the fact that this place is paradise except for Randy Newman plays piano the whole time. Like that's also really great. That's like one of the it's like one of the references that was like uh I don't know, and smart for lack of a better word. It wasn't just like E. T. get out of here and then E. T. shows out of nowhere and like runs away. Like that's <laughs> Yeah. Dumb. Um so yeah, I thought that those those two things still still were very good. I will also defend the uh, the. There's a discussion early on the episode about putting a balloon on a mailbox is the international symbol for like there's a party, which is kind of funny because it's it's silly and there's just a dinky balloon on a mailbox, and that's but but that was that's more like hey we get to interact with Cleveland and Quagmire here and they're ridiculous characters. Um, but they're fun, and it, you know, part of it is they have funny voices, which I haven't even really thought about. That is, I don't, I don't know if that's that's good or bad that that's part of the humor. But yeah, uh, did did anyone else notice that Cleveland's like, size and shape changed multiple times throughout the course of the episode? Well, he did have someone attached to him no, for the I, later. No, part no, no, I know, I, I understand that, um, but. You know what? Never mind. I, I think I'm just hallucinating things. You you might be right. I, I, I have to go. Yeah. Uh, hours tape. hours of sleeps equals number of whiskeys. I'm just gonna blame it um, on that. It was yeah. curious well, related to that. I, just from a production value standpoint, I watched them right next to each other. These two episodes, and it may be partially that I think Disney has like remastered the Simpsons episodes. 
But if you had watched them side by side, I personally wouldn't have guessed that the Simpsons episode was seven years older. Mm. Um, but it was also much. It's it, they were kind of a little more in their stride. They were on season four, mm. um, whereas Family Guy, despite being newer, was was a um, was also a younger show. So maybe they hadn't reached their maturity level of of animation. I'm not sure. I do think you can you can still clearly place it like in in early Simpsons period just by like how yeah. Oh, yeah. by like how Bart especially how Bart is drawn cuz he the way he looks changes a lot. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't necessarily look that great on a on a like a big screen television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I watched it on a I watched it on a tablet, so I didn't even notice that. Yeah, you got to you got to save those those older episodes for um for right after you play Smash on your little yeah, curved I, TV. I mean, look, that's how that's how we all used to watch TV. Like, yeah, yeah. there's a reason it's called standard definition. It was the standard <laughs> for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't really have anything else. Uh, I, you know, they both they're both very comforting in their own way, and and so that's not to to yuck the yum of the sure. family guy i i totally understand it just from like a what is being done by the simpsons i i appreciate it as as an adult um and it might be just be the episode but um i do have one more one more question for max um but really it could be for any anybody which is uh donuts is there anything they can't do huh. No, they can do anything, especially yep. ghost pepper flavored donuts. <laughs> oh my god! They can solve <laughs> all of the world's problems. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I I would say that uh, the 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 biggest thing that I I took away from this exercise is that watching this episode of Family Guy uh, did not make me want to go back and spend a bunch of time watching. Family Guy, but I don't know that. Look, the the next two months are just gonna be a dumpster fire. It's gonna be terrible. So, why not? Why not dig into The Simpsons? That's. I mean, that's kind of where I came like, on this. Like, if there's I, like five quadrillion episodes of it, right? I can I can send you a list of fifty to watch. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's or just watch seasons like four through just like start at season four and just watch them season eight and season 10 or season 10 is robert's favorite so yeah i mean you know it it this i i think that you know i i kind of started this thinking like you know this is something that wasn't ever really for me i don't know if it's going to be for me now and i've come away from this you know wanting to do more like wanting to watch more of the simpsons and and i think that'll be neat I, i think that you know I think that it's clearly a show that was aimed at people more like our age or closer to our age now than mm. the age that you are when you <laughs> watched it with your parents. Yeah. So so maybe maybe I just needed to like, you know, maybe I just needed to age into the right bracket to to get into the Simpsons. So hopefully it works out. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, one thing that I was kind of curious is, like, going back and watching these was both shows center around a um, inept dad who 
may or may not be an alcoholic. Um, and so I, I, I guess I can't, I don't know how to necessarily explain it best, but I, I think maybe with family guy, what they do, they just use that as a crutch whenever they're like, Oh, we haven't, we haven't made a joke in 10 seconds. Like, what can we do? Oh, let's have, um, Peter feed beans to a TV. And I don't know, I guess the Simpsons is, they more make a plot around around something and don't just like throw in these random jokes about Homer being an idiot every 30 seconds. So. Okay. Well, uh, so this was, this was fun. If, if you want to do the same exercise and, uh, watch these two episodes and then tell us what you think about it, drop us a line at it's pretty okay at gmail.com. And, Maybe we'll check it one day and get back to you. Who knows? Uh, in the meantime, let's move on as we do every week to Pierce is sorry. What are you apologizing for today? Uh, um, should I go Simpsons or Family Guy related? Uh, the episodes are each reminded me of of their own. You know, I, we we've kind of we, we spent the conversation bigging up the Simpsons and and kind of. Uh, Throwing a little shade on Family Guy, so let's let's throw let's throw Seth MacFarlane a bone. Let's do the Family Guy apology. All right. <clears throat> so um, I, I'd say, you know, just a couple months before this Family Guy episode came came out would have been a holiday, if you will, that occurred last week, which is Halloween. Um, for Halloween that year, I dressed up as the Y two K bug. Um, I, I tie-dyed a, a sweatshirt and sweatpants and then wore, like, these these weird, like, antenna things. So that was it. Um, I'm not apologizing for that. Uh, <laughs> that was not my first Halloween costume selection then. Um, I'm actually repo- apologizing to a dog that, that I had that is, is now deceased, has been deceased for a while, because my – and. This itself is going to be somewhat problematic. But my initial costume, which which my mom made for me, was actually really cool and nice. And I ended up using for, like, some kind of dress-up at school down the road, was as a colonist, which is not cool, but was a well-done costume. Uh, the reason I did not wear it, and, and I remember this, and it was a kind of a scarring thing, is I tried on the costume and came down the stairs, and the dog freaked out in a way that had never done before. And it wasn't like a young dog. It was like a middle-aged dog. The dog freaked out because I dressed up as a colonist. So I am very sorry to that dog for wearing a costume that totally freaked the dog out. Scarred me, but I'm sure scarred the dog way more. So um, <clears throat> the end of that is, is you know, don't dress up as colonist. They're a problem enough as it is. Uh, and you also might scare your dog. So... Um, Thank you, Family Guy, for reminding me of that very traumatic uh, episode for eight-year-old me. Oh my God, that that dog did you a solid. You were you uh, dressed as a Y two K bug as a what a nine-year-old? Uh, an eight-year-old, yeah. <laughs> oh God, that's so that's so silly. Uh, okay. Well, I guess it's time to close the show as we do with a, a big idea from pop culture. Uh, and I, uh, not, not to, you know, 
not to run this into the ground. I, I am not working on a lot of sleep from last night. Um, there were there were some choices made about beverages to consume, uh, both alcoholic and at one point probably around midnight caffeinated. That was a dumb thing to do. Um, and so at the tail end of the night, it's like three o'clock in the morning and I am awake. I'm angry that I'm awake, just period. I'm angry about all the stuff that's going on around me while I'm awake. And I just, I realized that if I didn't, if I didn't sort of enhance my attempt to go to sleep, uh, it wasn't going to work. <laughs> and uh, the way that I, the way that I, I fixed it and was able to fall asleep uh, was that I, I put on uh, an album called Goes West by William Tyler. And William Tyler is a Nashville-based guitarist. He played uh, for for some period of time in, uh, in the band Silver Jews with David Berman before he died. Uh, and, and he he's all in his solo career he's all about instrumental music a lot of it is acoustic based but some of it is is more uh is a little more electrified and it's it's kind of soundscapey uh, it it kind of takes you on a a journey even if it doesn't tell you exactly what that journey is and so i just kind of plopped my phone next to my next to my head played goes west on on low volume until I drifted off into sweet, sweet, fitful sleep for exactly 180 minutes hmm. and then woke up again. Uh, so, you know, it, it may not get you to more than three hours of sleep in a night, but it, it is a, a really nice thing to, to relax with. It's really good. Uh, it's really good headphone music. I have to imagine it would be fantastic car music if you were going on like a long drive. Uh, so, Goes West by William Tyler. Check it out. Cool. Um, that is the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. Uh, while you're there, you can find each episode. Uh, it's got its own little page with some notes and stuff and, and a, a list of the music that we played. Uh, you can also subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice. If you do that, you'll get episodes every week without having to go looking for us. Um, that might be good. I know that sometimes uh, my my school demands make it a little inconsistent what day I get stuff posted. So subscribing to the feed is the best way to make sure that uh, you will have hot, fresh episodes as soon as they are ready to go. Uh, if you do that, thank you. Please do us one more favor. Leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or just tell a friend about the show so we can share it with them as well. We'll be back next week, assuming that there is a next week, to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. <laughs>